I can see,、uh, even for my own perspective, is the analog media has its charm and it's very personalized and、uh, it's nice,、um, but it's not effective as digital、uh, mediums.、Um, so.、Uh, You, you know, every day you have so much work to done. We have to treat some of those things together just to, to get things done as effective and、mm. uh, well done as possible.、Um, so it's different. I would say、uh, it changed because、uh, all those nice,、uh, you know, tech companies, you know, like Pull Everywhere or or Grayscope,、uh, all those great、uh, software engineers、uh, think. Really creatively to make our life easier, and that that's that's great for for uh, uh, for, for 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 teaching a traditional course. I see less and less students are actually using traditional ways to even taking notes.、Um, so it's much more integrated、uh, in their mind, and many students don't even. You know, they probably in their mind of you know save trees to be more sustainable,、mm-hmm. uh, just to to go、uh, digital all the way. So, it it's almost like we are catching up to be synced with the Gen Z's lifestyle.、Mm. So in that sense, I think it's definitely beneficial. Just basic. If you just start with basic visual note taking, for example.、Mm-hmm. So one of the most immediate applications to classrooms, when they have done research on students that do that type to take notes,、mm-hmm. it, you might as well not bother. It's like there's no distillation, so they're not tracking in the sense of like trying to discern which kernels are relevant or interesting. They're just they're just banging on a keyboard. It's not、um, tactile. Right, so they're just like doing this. They're not like using visual language, using their hands. Like and like sometimes you, when you're when you're doodling, you can twirl your hair. Like、yeah. you can move yourself in ways that you cannot do when you are just like sitting there typing.、Mm-hmm. And you're also what they do is they get in the trap of like as fast as you can. Yeah. And then they just have a jumble of of words on a page that have no structure, no relationship with each other, no color, no hierarchies. Yeah. And it's just crazy town. And they the research has demonstrated that typing to take notes is not useful. The Steely Podcast. All students considered. It's your first day of classes at William and Mary. You come into class and you sit down, so excited for your first lecture. I'm so excited for my first lecture here at William and Mary. You pull out your backpack. You pull out your school supplies. You have in your backpack. Oh, I've got twelve highlighters. I've got three notebooks. I've got all these color-coded sticky notes. I am ready to go. You look next to you and you realize that other students might be taking notes differently. Why do、other、they have people, a laptop? Laptops. Why、iPads? do they have a tablet? Today we're talking about analog versus digital. How different students manage their student lives,、um, either taking notes on their laptops or maybe writing down things in notebooks, and what tips we have for other students in navigating college and keeping track of all of their wonderful thoughts. My name is Jacob. I'm Claire. I'm Katie. And today we're talking about analog versus digital. And how different styles of note taking and managing our student lives, either on the computer or in our notebooks, can help us as students. Who else is here?、Uh, Will even marry a lot? Hi, I'm Grace. <laughs> 
Grace is on the audio board today, doing what she does best. Yeah, and I'm also interjecting to argue about pins, apparently. Pins? Pins. 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 How do you guys pronounce it? Pens? Pains. <laughs> pains. Stay tuned. Pens. Hold on. Pen. Pens. 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 Pen. Pens. Pens. Pants. Eh. Ponzi okay, scheme. hold on. What would you call something that a pig lives in? A pig pen? A pig pen. A forest where they normally live, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> you know where pigs are from? That's very domesticated of you to assume that they live in pens. Tune in next week when I beat Claire Holton. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we wanted to start this section talking about analog and digital with like a concrete example. And so something that came to mind for me is it's to, so, to show the intersection of these two things. I have a watch that from the outset looks analog. Katie's laughing at me. Um, but it's actually a smartwatch. It's actually digital underneath. I can control my phone um, using my watch. And I feel like that's perhaps maybe emblematic of the way in which we use technology in the classroom. Because I think you'll find from listening to our conversation today is that we all use technology in different ways. And the degree to which we have analog versus digital tools is different between our classes, between people, and we all have our unique way of doing things. So just to start off, what do you guys prefer in your classes? Do you tend to go digital? Do you take notes digitally? Do you read digitally? Are you a you know notebook person? What's your preference? Uh, for me, it depends on the class, I think. I am generally a digital note taker because I type a lot faster than I write mm -hmm. and I can organize a lot better when I'm typing. And it's, I also, in my classes, I usually don't have to do a lot of like rote memorization. Mm -hmm. It's usually a lot more discussion, papers. And in that those cases, I really like being able to search. I've been in classes where I'm like, oh, hey, I want to make this point, but I want to make sure I can back it up. So I like will do a control F in my notes and I find where in the lesson we talked about it, I find the appropriate points I need to make. Um, and when I'm writing papers, I like being able to access it more easily because I, I need to find like who this author was. I don't have time to just go through and scroll through everything. Mm -hmm. So generally, I like digital notes. And also, if you do it on Google Drive or something, it means I can access it whenever, Yeah, which is so so helpful Super nice. that is nice yeah so katie you're hard in the I digital camp absolutely fun fact though i actually prefer analog watches oh tying it back to our intro nice good job katie. <laughs> that's called a, a callback hey, yes for, and for Very those in improv comedy wow all right jacob what's your preference you know i'm somewhere in the middle i do really like digital notes and i'll usually pull open my laptop in class and type out like um bullet points sort of as i'm following along um but a lot of the classwork that I do is like working out problems or doing math, and I prefer to do a lot of that um, with a pen and paper. So mm. usually those things kind of go together. I'll usually be carrying around a few sheets of paper with me just in case. Um, and then sometimes if I'm like studying for an exam, I will then digitize my, my mathematical stuff and put it all together. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like this is interesting. We've got kind of a good balance here because I think of myself as much more on the analog side because mm. I, my planner is, you know, I bullet journal, so it's completely in a notebook. Um, all of my notes I pretty much take by hand unless it's like a computer science class or something like that. Um, I really like writing things out by hand. I feel like I pay attention much better. And so, yeah, any sort of digital notes, I'm not, 
Not a big fan of those. Who, here's one question. Mm. Do you consider yourself to have good handwriting and which do you prefer? Because when I'm writing fast, I have terrible <laughs> handwriting. And I think that is a huge factor as to why I prefer digital. I have awful handwriting when I'm writing fast. Mm. I don't have the best handwriting. It's fine. Have you ever heard of calligraphy club, Claire? <laughs> People always think that I have good handwriting because I do calligraphy. Not true. I have like pretty average handwriting. I just don't, you know, I don't put effort into it. Yeah. I will sometimes get compliments on my handwriting. Which you, you do have nice handwriting, Jacob. I honestly disagree. Like, oh. I whenever people say that, I'm like, are you serious? Do you have a, sam- like, do you have a sample? The, um, I don't know if I have a sample with me right now. I could show you, like, in my bag I have yeah. some, some papers. But, yeah. Anyways, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like – and this, this kind of comes down to, again, like, the individual, right? The like individual. Each student is going to have a different balance. Each student is going to want to use different tools in the classroom. And yeah. I'm also very much a student who, if someone misses a class or if someone's, like, dealing with something, I really like being able to share my notes. Mm. I think it's really, like, I mean, we all just came out of a very difficult time to be in an educational setting. Mm-hmm. And I think the ability to help each other out, and, you know, not in, like, a cheating way, like, I'm going to send you, like, everything. <laughs> but in the, the sense of, like, you miss, you, miss your, you miss a class, you just weren't having a good day and it was hard for you to pay attention i really like being able to share my notes Mm -hmm. and that is a lot harder when i'm trying to like crop out my ugly doodles and like then they are like wait is that a u or an a and i'm like (laughs) does it matter well katie that is interesting that you bring that up because we were also talking a little bit about the flip side of that like the the you know, we get a lot of benefits from this digital technology, but there's also mm-hmm. a lot of drawbacks. And I know that we were talking about how I personally at least get really distracted when I'm on my laptop, even if it's a class that I care about, that I yeah. want to pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's just those little, you know, your email is pinging, you see your text at the bottom of the screen. It's all these distractions in the technology that's, you know, designed to distract you mm-hmm. in the classroom. I just cannot pay attention. Or those days when you're like really anxious, you're really busy, you have yeah. a million things to do. And I'm like, why am I just sitting in this class when I could be writing my paper? when I could be like submitting this proposal when I could be responding to this email those are the days when I have a very hard time staying engaged when I have my laptop out yeah I totally agree like my level of engagement really determines the value of my notes sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm just writing notes kind of so that I will pay attention yeah and other times I'm really engaged and I really like writing my notes and it almost feels like I'm writing these notes for something like I'm going to put this in an essay I'm going to turn this mm-hmm. into a blog yeah. post or something like that yeah. that doesn't happen too often but it feels good when my notes are like quality enough that I might do something with them this might turn into something more than just my you know study notes yeah I remember one year I was in charge of taking notes kind of for the whole class in case they missed a day because this was during one of our first semesters back from covid so you know people would miss class a lot of the Mm -hmm. time and that was really it was important that they missed class if they're dealing with sickness um but knowing that other people would be looking at them that really motivated me to stay engaged and take good notes um and so one of my tricks for not getting too distracted is I sit in the front of the classroom so anyone behind oh. me can see what I'm Claire saying, oh, like I didn't explain this like 10 minutes <laughs> I'm ago. pretending that it's new for our audience. <laughs> um, but so I would sit in the front and I would take notes because then if people are like, why is she texting her friends on her computer? Mm-hmm. Um, you or, have that accountability. Yeah, or I've started just bringing things to fidget with. I have like one of those little like bubble, fake bubble wrap things. Yeah. Um, or I love folding paper cranes. Like, I'll just like, <laughs> I'll be like sitting there just like, poof, 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 poof. Um, and that's something that helps me kind of like stay engaged if I'm not 
already super engaged because it's just something that can like distract me and then I can like focus on whatever's happening. Yeah. yeah. You are listening to All Students Considered. Don't miss a moment. This is All Students Considered. Um, so we've talked a little bit about what we prefer. I think all of us have talked about how some of our classes, we have a mix of different types of technology. So Mm -hmm. what we want to talk about now is the types of tools that we use as students. What lets you take good notes, but also pay attention in the classroom? What types of digital and analog tools are you using as a student in your classes? If I have a really nice pen, like Mm. something where the, like the ink just flows, I'm like, Oh, baby. Yeah. Love a good pen. Absolutely. For me, it's Markdown. That's how I take all of my notes. Mm, and um, what's that? it's a really cool, it's like a formatting. It's, I don't want to call it a language because it's not like a com- coding mm-hmm. language, but like if you put System? in a, if you put in a pound like a sign, like it'll be a heading. And if you put in a mm. dash, it'll turn into a bullet point. So then when you like print out the notes, it turns into a nicely little formatted thing, oh, but it, so it doesn't take any time to like make that formatting happen Mm -hmm. so it works very well for me that is nice i am definitely somebody who i like to have my own system for Mm note-taking i've you know i've used pretty much the same note-taking system for many years now through high school and so i just know that like when i start something it's going to be important when i circle something it's going to be an example and i have my own kind of note-taking system on paper which is really helpful for me because i know exactly what i mean and what i am am getting out of it so i think if i were to you know tell anything to students it's to be like create your own system for note-taking because anybody else's system is not going to be tailored towards like what you need to pay attention to. My note-taking system is just so, it's chaos. You flip through, (laughs) when I decide to take notes by hand, what ends up happening is you can flip through my notebooks and it's like notes and then like a couple bullet points, but I already knew most of the stuff, so I didn't take a lot of notes. Um, You'll have grocery lists, you have me just doodling. I remember in high school, I remember telling my roommate about this and she looked at me like I like punched her or something. I um, just had one notebook that I used for everything. Oh, yeah. And I would just, it, like, one p- Claire, if you guys could see the look Claire's giving oh, me right you now. you used one notebook for everything? I used one notebook. I went through, like, three notebooks that year, but I would just, like, show up to class and I would take, like, my notes for, like, AP Lit and then AP Gov and then, like, it just... How was, did you I, find anything? I didn't. Oh, my God. It was, like, I, the nightmare system, but it oh. worked. I, I, I graduated, like... With a, a good GPA and there stuff. Flex on I, I did do the same thing for a while. Yeah. And there's pros, there's pros and cons. Like, it's very portable, and you know that you'll always have that class's notes, mm-hmm. like, there. I did think about splitting the notebook into different sections so that I would at least have, like, sectioned-off notes. But usually I would color coordinate it, or I would, like, have little symbols in the top corner of each page, which helped a lot. I was going to say, well, this, I mean, cut this out, absolutely. But what I used to do, I had a journal that I used to be on paper. Well, this is an interesting thing. I now journal digitally. Fun fact. Um, Anyway, so I used to journal on paper, and what I would do is I would make a little mark along the edge of the paper so when you, like, fanned out the pages, you could see, like, what the entries were. Yeah, yeah. It's a good system. Anyway, exactly. cut that out. It's not useful or interesting in the podcast. Um, what were we going to talk about? Uh, tools. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I have a callback to the last section because so I've, I have heard professors voice this question, and uh-huh. I will pose this question to you. So I have had professors, and I'm sure you have had them as well, where they completely ban technology in the classroom. They say, hey, we know that this is distracting. We know that sometimes handwritten notes can have better you know, cognition as you're writing them. 
but students still want technology in the classroom. Why? If we know that it's distracting, if we know that sometimes handwritten notes are better, why do we still want technology in the yeah, classroom? I fully understand why professors are doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I can't imagine the feeling of standing in front of a classroom, asking a question and trying to, you know, have an engaged class and you yeah. see people just checking their emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is a, for me, it's a lot, I mean, again, I've mentioned this, I type faster than I write. I mm. type more organized and more cleanly than I write. Yeah. And it's a lot, for me, I learn so much better and I have also way better notes for the future mm. when I type them. Mm. And so when that's like prohibited to me, that's really difficult. Yep. Um, even like, the, and I do have some classes where it doesn't matter and I just take notes by hand and it's fine. And it, But that's kind of more of a, thank God this was actually a class where that system works for me <laughs> because I've had classes where I'm kind of like, oh no, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I like when professors trust students enough to let us do that. And I know that unfortunately it means that there will be students who aren't as engaged. Mm. Like, but in my mind, I personally, and I don't know, maybe this is selfish of me. I would rather have that trade off so that I can adequately get the material down and, yeah. you know, those students will make their, their choices. Cause <laughs> frankly, if they were going to be just surfing the web or watching Netflix during class, I, I don't know how much banning technology would have, you know, I feel like if students are going to be distracted, students are going to find a way to be distracted. This yeah. is just a little note uh, for Roy when you are editing this podcast. Um, it's interesting that you guys bring this up because a couple days ago I was interviewing uh, Professor Lowry from the film and English department. And I had like a list of questions that I asked him. And one of them was, can you tell when students are surfing the web versus when they're taking notes? And he goes, oh, yeah, of course, because you never take notes with one hand going like this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Okay, yeah, fair. Good point. Um, But something that he brought up that I think is interesting is that he firmly believes learning does not happen in the classroom, Mm -hmm. that it happens outside and that inside the classroom, you're given tools, you're given a bunch of different doors but it's up to like students to open those doors and to like go down those paths if they want to. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that there might be room for a middle ground, like if a professor really wants there to be the opportunity to have a no tech classroom, maybe the front row of the desks could all be like, please don't use your phones or mm-hmm. laptops or mm, anything like that's that. That's interesting, yeah. Um, so that might allow students to choose whether or not they wanna do that. If someone prefers to take notes on their laptop, they can sit in the second row. And that yeah. might be a good compromise. Absolutely. Yeah. I was I was going to say that's a nice, I mean, unless you have anything else for the section. I mean, personally, again, I think I've mentioned <laughs> this, but sitting in the front row does kind of deter me because I'm like, oh, if I text my friends or like if I'm like checking my email, everyone behind People me see, can see yeah. it. Yeah. So for me, that kind of acts as a, a check. But I, I do, I, I mean, you guys have mentioned that you'll get distracted by people who do it anyway. Yeah. So that is, I will... I'll take one for the team, <laughs> and I will sit in the second row of the classroom if I must. Fair enough, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, so one thing that we also wanted to hit on is examples that we've seen professors do really well with this, mm. whether they're using digital tools really effectively in the classroom, whether they're having some things be analog, whether they're striking a really good balance between the two. Have you had classes where you've seen professors do this well? I feel like... Honestly, like, the, have you guys ever had a class where, like, you're so engaged and kind of so busy the whole time you don't really have time to mess around? Yeah. On, like, yeah. 
there's just so much to take notes on there's so much to like engage with there's so yes. much discussion to be had that I don't really have time to kind of get bored because I mean, one thing I noticed is like when I start kind of messing around on my, on my computer a lot of times and I feel terrible but it's when I already get a concept mm. and I all like that's what have a lot of times it'll be like you know we'll be introducing like a theorist or just like a general concept and I get it you know I've done the reading I've taken the notes it just like clicked with me and then there are people who don't quite get what's going on maybe need a little bit more clarification and you know asking questions is super important but that's usually the point when I start to drift off like kind of mentally yeah mm. and so I wonder if so I don't know that's not to say that that's a bad thing that you know there's those points but you know there are moments in classes where I am just less engaged because I'm not taking in anything new mm. and it takes so much mental effort not to just kind of drift off mentally yeah so, yeah, I don't know if there's really any concrete advice in there, but sometimes my brain will turn off whether, <laughs> I, like, I will specifically be like, no, this is rude. I know this is, like, not what I should be doing. But it, you know, sometimes if it's going to happen, your brain just does that. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's just a question of, like, the structure of the class and how it's kind of operating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we touched on this earlier, but a lot, I think some classes lend themselves to note-taking better than others. And I think that, you know, if I were teaching a class, if I kind of knew that that class was a note-taking heavy class, like maybe I was hitting some very specific historical points that these students would need to understand for an essay they were going to write, or maybe I was teaching a math class, like I know a lot of math concepts you kind of need to write down to like better understand. I think it makes sense to structure the lecture in a way that makes it sort of linear so you can follow it down like a a sheet of notes literally but i think that in uh, some other classrooms or like maybe more engaging group discussions or like seminar style classes i think it's good to sort of design against note taking if that makes sense mm-hmm. and try to lean into that sort of sporadic more you know group conversation mm-hmm. style and i think that students who try to take notes in those circumstances or at least when I try to take notes in those circumstances Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out so well because the conversation is all over the place if I'm doing it by hand of course you know we go back to a different topic and now I've I don't have any space on the paper to write that in or there's just less ability to structure notes in a productive way yeah yeah and I think it's hard because like certain departments kind of like we were talking about really lend themselves to note taking and like certain modes of learning whereas others don't like I was an English major and a film and media studies major and I was in a lot of English courses where it was a very discussion heavy course or we worked on creating things together as a class that could be a study tool used later on yeah um but you know, we were all engaged. We were all on a shared Google um, Drive or a, a Google Doc together. Um, I know we've already interviewed uh, Professor Putsy, but uh, one thing I really liked about her class is we would annotate poems together as a class. Mm. So we would have a shared poem pulled up on Google Sheets. All of us would be on it, and we would all annotate it. And we would add in comments. We'd add in questions. Mm. we put our own notes. And then after like class... 
Professor Putsey would look through it. She would answer questions in an email to us. She would add on resources or send yeah. out, hey, you guys were fascinated in this. Check this one out. Mm. And it was a study tool later when we went to write papers to go back and see, okay, this isn't just what I took away from this mm. poem. This is what 27 other people thought as well. Yeah, mm. And there was a yeah. lot to pull from. But I also understand that not every course lends itself to this. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that idea because there's oh, been so, so many times in class where I'm taking notes and I look over and the person next to me is taking notes and the other person is and maybe one person drew the concept really well another person wrote down the yeah. equation mm-hmm. fully it's like if only we could all just share the same notes right. like Gosh. we would all like all boats would rise you know so much it was just like so much information in one place yeah that is really cool because that encourages that like collaboration that i feel like is often missing in in the classroom and also like to the point of like students being like this just isn't clicking for me it's possible that someone else's notes could clarify it in a way that Mm. i mean we all have different perspectives all different ways of processing so it's possible that like you know, I might get not get something, but Jacob, you do. And the way that it clicks in your brain is something that would work for me, but I just haven't come to that yet. Right, right. Or maybe I wrote something down wrong. I got mm-hmm. it reversed or something like that. It would be mm-hmm. really nice to have another student go, hey, I don't think it was just like that, you know. Yeah. And that, I love when my roommate so nice. and I have classes together because yeah. I'm like, what is this? And she's like, I think it's this. And I'm like, right, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have um, a couple things just like rapid fire that I really like that professors do in terms of digital technology. We touch on this earlier but um, rapid a, fire. A, dig- yeah, it's a, rapid fire. a digital syllabus oh so nice yeah. and uh, pretty much all professors do this now but i just want to reiterate how nice it is to be able to search easily through a syllabus yep. especially a long syllabus to have it accessible anywhere like i often will look at what readings i have to do on my phone because i have the mm-hmm. blackboard app or I can just go in my web browser that's really nice this is not sponsored by the blackboard not sponsored app. by blackboard i am not uh, a big fan of blackboard. also for syllabi pdfs are great pdfs yes. are great we oh. always they don't automatically download big fan of pdfs here. pdfs are fresh oh yes um also one thing that i really like to reiterate is anytime you give students the option to buy a textbook digitally especially mm-hmm. like if textbooks mm-hmm. are available as ebooks they are one more accessible for people yeah um sometimes you know you can make the print larger if you have visual impairment you can oftentimes search through the textbook if you're using it much more as a reference material as opposed to a reading material um and then they're also just a lot cheaper the cost oh, uh, is so much lower for an a, a virtual digital textbook which is why sometimes i get frustrated when professors make you buy um, a physical book just because it is often you know three four times more expensive than an ebook yeah so that that lower cost is much nicer for students and so i think that's one of the advantages of the digital approach is that that cost barrier is reduced or eliminated if you can find that through swam or something like that yeah or i've um when i have classes that use open book exams which mm. i love those i love open book <laughs> exams but that's it's so useful when i can yes. not waste time and be like oh my god i'm like losing half of my time just like flipping yeah, what chapter this. is this in yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um and i know a lot of, maybe that's the point for a lot of professors is like hey you should only be looking stuff up to like double check your work you shouldn't be looking up every answer and i don't but it's the sort of thing like when i'm writing an essay and i'm in the middle of it it's so much easier when i'm like i just want to double check what this means and i can just search through the whole book at once and i yeah. don't have to like go to the index and then hope I find it. It's I can get to the information that I need so that I can keep going and I don't lose my momentum. Yeah. 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 That's one of, huge. One of the things that I've also seen, so I'm in an English class this semester and um, we have a mix of longer works or reading like books, which mm-hmm. um, the professor encouraged us to buy physical copies of. 
and we're also reading a lot of poems which is like you know it's hard to buy a lot of just like singular poems yeah. and so we don't have to like buy a bunch of books of poems she's like we're gonna put those on blackboard and so they those days that we're talking about those poems you can have your technology out you can take notes on your laptop whatever the days that we're talking about the books that you have hard copies like no technology so we have kind of this interesting mm. balance of like we have technology free days because mm. everybody should have the, the book in front of them and then we have days that we do use technology which I do find myself getting more distracted, but that's when we're looking at the poems online. So I think that's an interesting balance. And I think I really encourage professors to play around with that and, mm-hmm. and be purposeful about the technology that they're using in the classroom. I think it's really easy for professors to think of all technology is bad. And like, I completely understand that impulse because if, if students aren't paying attention, that's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. But like we were talking about, like Katie was saying, some students do really work better with technology in the classroom taking notes digitally Mm -hmm. and so being purposeful with that approach thinking like how is this going to impact students how is this going to impact my class that's what I would really encourage one thing that where I kind of tend to mix them is when I have a reading online I will often like to take notes by hand yeah because I I hate when I'm like trying to hold a book open with like my forearm (laughs) and then I'm like writing and it's just a mess (laughs) But I also hate having like the split screen and I'm mm. looking at this and then I'm like, okay, I can just copy paste it or whatever. I love, I feel like that's one place where I think the combination is so useful when I can just have it up, I can scroll. I have terrible eyes, so I zoom in <laughs> as close as yeah. I can. And I think that is just a really, I don't know, that's something that really works for me. The Steely Podcast, all students considered. Okay, um, so I want everybody to imagine that you're walking into your classroom. You're gonna take notes that day. You're oh, gonna yeah. be super engaged in class. What do you have in your hands? What are you using that day to take notes? If I'm walking into the classroom, everything's in my backpack. So All right, Katie, unpacking my metaphor already. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, usually my tea, but I also one thing that I I. I could never get this to work for me because I didn't have like the discipline to do it. But I remember hearing about someone who would take all her notes by hand and then go home and type them. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Which I feel like I'd love to be the kind of person who can do that because, you know, you get kind of the benefits of like writing it down. But then also you have something. Like, first, you have to go over it all. You can reorganize yeah. it. The, I, I wish we could just get a clear yeah. live clear reaction i'm making a face well what do you do katie what's what stop talking hypothetically stop. get down to the nitty-gritty what do you do in class um generally it is my laptop i will mm-hmm. usually like to have readings discussion boards um whatever notes document i'm using do you use google drive as your I, tool i should use google drive i use uh word just because, I don't know, I got Ugh. used to it. What is your face? Stop it! <laughs> I'm just not going to... I can't imagine living that way. <laughs> we're, we're blocking we're blocking her okay, face. Okay, sorry, negativity. Um, yeah, it's usually my laptop, and then uh, it's usually Word. When I'm making coll- collaborative study guides, I'll always use Google Drive, and then I can just copy-paste my notes into that. Um, but yeah, it's usually my laptop um but there are classes where i find that with classes where i don't have to take as many notes like if it's super discussion based or sometimes if i just like know most of the material already i will usually do a pen and paper because it feels less weird to have like two or three bullet points in one word doc and i can just have like 
whatever I need mm. on a page. But for classes where I definitely am taking like heavy notes, I will 100% do my laptop. Mm. Jacob, how about you? What do you have in your hands? So I, I'm also going to bring my laptop, especially um, for classes that have like blackboard stuff, um, things that I might want to look up. Um, in a lot of my classes, we'll like do a practice problem and I'll have to look up like a mm. constant or something. Yeah. I don't like using my phone for that sort of thing. Yeah. I can sometimes, but it's nice to have a larger screen, be able to type something out. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely always bringing my laptop, but then I also always try to have pen, pencil, eraser. Because yeah. um, even if I plan to take digital notes, a lot of professors will give you a handout or something, yeah. which is, mm -hmm. you know, that's totally fine. But then I am I have to be ready to do something with Gotta it. Got to be and, prepared for yeah. all eventualities. Sometimes that catches me off guard. So, yeah. yeah. I would recommend, though, definitely when you walk into a class, think about, like, okay, where are the notes going when I'm done with this class? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. for me, like, if I have some papers and then I have some digital notes, those usually don't find their way to together. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good idea to either type things up ready to print or go in and like maybe pull out your phone. I know the Google Drive app lets you just scan something really yeah. quick and put mm -hmm. it into Google Drive or whatever. Whatever your tool is, it's nice to have at the end of the class everything in one place. Yeah, keep it consistent. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that I have in my hand, and oh. I, I mentioned this earlier, but sometimes I'll bring like one of my fidget toys. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that helps me stay on track if I'm like might not otherwise be super engaged in a lesson. I love having just something I can kind of like fiddle with and then I can fully focus on what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of comfort, Layers genuinely layers. bring an extra layer. A lot of classrooms on this campus are pretty cold, um, and you want to make sure you're not like freezing. I have like, or, shivered through classes before, and it's just not fun at all. So. Or layers because it ends up being way hotter, and then yeah. you need to remove it. True. Yeah. Be you ready need, to also be ready be in a to very adjust. Hot environment and True. take layers off. This isn't know? about analog or digital. This is just good life advice. Just good life I mean, advice. It's yeah. It's something to know as you come to college. I don't know where you went before he, William and Mary, but. Here we have high temperature gradients between I, rooms. I've been shivering through this whole podcast recording. It's well, there you so go. cold in here. Yeah, it is pretty cold in here. Stop so. making faces. Sorry, kidding. <laughs> I'm judging. Okay, so not that anybody asked, but here's what I do in the classroom. Claire, what do you bring to Claire, <laughs> what are in you. your hands when you go to the classroom? Thank you so hey, much Claire, for asking. Could you please tell us what you do in the classroom? Thank you so much for asking, Jacob. I will tell you what I do in the classroom. <laughs> well, let me I'm so let excited me to hear what Claire brings into let the classroom. Well, it's a mix between analog and digital. It's well, let me, let me show you what I do because I think it's really emblematic. Of this is a, a, an audio podcast, Claire. I'll describe. I'll describe. Okay. I'm pulling out my notebook and my pencil case. So here's what I do. It's, a, it's like a pinkish purple notebook <laughs> Thank spiral. You. Thank you. Yep. Is really it college good. ruled? It is indeed college ruled. Here's what I do. Every year, um, I pick my array of highlighters that I'm going to bring to college. Wow. <laughs> I then sort them in rainbow order. And then for each class, I will pick a highlighter or sometimes if I'm feeling crazy, two different colors of highlighters. Girl, no. And I will use it for a class. So for instance, this is my notebook for modern Hinduism. Shout out. Um, so here I have decided that I'm going to do uh, this orange color. And every as I go through my notes, I yeah. highlight as I go along, mostly because then it's a nice delineation of like when we're switching topic. It also helps me just like pay attention so that I'm highlighting key concepts. And as I'm going back, it's just like more aesthetically pleasing. And so mm -hmm. I'm willing to actually study my notes. Is there any um, rhyme or reason to the colors? 
colors you pick? No, usually it kind of corresponds to the color of the uh, the front cover of the notebook. <laughs> or, I don't know, sometimes if it's a, honestly, if it's a boring class, I mean, not not that I love every class that I take. However, sometimes more some topics are more immediately interesting than others. If it's like a class that I think might be somewhat difficult to pay attention to, I pick like a fun highlighter color. So I'm just going <laughs> to highlight in like pink because it makes me happy. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and I have my note-taking system. So like here, I you know I, I, I do a lot of indentation and I, I will star things that are important and yeah, I a indent of, a lot too. A lot of good mm. stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I fully take notes by hand. Also, um, Pilot G two point three eight millimeter pen. No, no, I'm huh? gonna stop you right there. Sorry, Grace. <laughs> what was that? Yes. Um, <laughs> the Pilot Precise V five zero point five millimeter pen. Uh, zero point five a little too thick for me, Grace. I don't know about that one. I'm a zebra zero point three person myself. I don't know if there's ever any like old other multimedia stuff uploaded with the podcast, but can we all like? Send a photo of our notes in chat and like just have that. Sure. Yeah. Good times. No, I, I have used the precise V5 series of pens since high school. Interesting. That would be. They okay. don't smear. They are like a nice ink flow. What if I wanted to smear a little bit? <laughs> I've never heard anything. Is this say another that hill? Before. Is this another hill to die on? I just maybe don't put this in the final edit, but I actually think that'd be a very cool initiative for Steely to do, like a hashtag send us your notes. <gasps> Wait, that's like, so fun. Campaign. Like share your notes. Yeah. yeah and like what we could have like? like a cool gallery on our website I'm of like so different students' notes what and what they look like. Why yeah. is it that I just said that, but then when Jacob repeated it with slightly more Well, purpose, you said us. Yeah, as no, to the yeah, that's fair. K- Katie, I'm absolutely incorporating your idea. I didn't, I didn't mean to take. Um, yeah. I also the idea. always have um, whiteout available in case I need to revise <laughs> my notes. I also have a mini stapler, which you would be surprised how many times people need a stapler, and I always have one because it's in here. And I have scissors and some glue that I never use, and an eraser that I only use for tests because otherwise I always write in pen. So one that's of, a tour of my um, that's, thing. That's, one of my biggest regrets in college actually has been not having a class with Claire and not being able to sit next. to her. Is that and true? I appreciate I'm like so, her note taking. Here's the thing. I'm like really annoying and I will just like fully entertain myself. So like we'll be in class and it will like something that comes up on the slides will like remind me of like a little joke and I'll be like, ha 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 and I'll read this <laughs> and I'm okay. Oh my god. I literally, um, if I have a professor that's like just really funny, I will I have in my notebook, okay first off, Claire is a person after my own heart. Like I have the same exact system. Oh yes. However, my only addition is that I also have color coordinated stick notes oh, that I, I use that. to write down examples oh. or if I have ideas for paper topics mm. I'll like make notes on that stick it in my notes so then that way when I'm planning my papers and presentations later I can level. pull the sticky notes out and arrange them how I need to wow. oh my gosh um but anyway everything else I have the mini stapler I've got my white out oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um I've got I've got it all um yeah. but um, I had anytime I have a professor that I find just amusing, sometimes I will keep a page in my notes of their quotes. I do that also. And I will just like write down things yes. they've said. The Steely Podcast, all students considered. <laughs> the class is over. Wow, that just flew by. I think we've all seen a frustration among professors who are confused as to why students want to use technology or how to use technology in the classroom. And I think 
that what we've done today is try to give you a glimpse at why we like technology, what technology is good for, and how to strike a balance between digital and analog in your classroom. So I think if there's one thing that we can tell you today is that students do have good reasons for liking technology and you should be purposeful about how you incorporate technology into your classroom because you can do it well and and we've seen it done well and we're optimistic and we're rooting for you and i feel like one of the biggest things you can do is trust your students to know how they learn you know we've been in these brains for you know anywhere between 18 and up years and you know we know what works and we're trying to just figure it out just the same you are yeah, and I know note-taking styles change as technology advances and different things go in and out of vogue, and it'll be interesting um, to see how things continue to evolve. The Steely Podcast, All Students Considered. Welcome back, everyone, to the All Students Considered podcast. Uh, my name is Grace, and I'm an educational media technician. Hey, I am Diana Tysinger. I am the Digital Learning Program Manager here at Steely. Hi, everybody. My name is Weijie Huang. I am the Learning Assessment and Applied Research Manager with Steely. Yes, and this is Weijie's first time on the air. Woo! Everyone, welcome. Um, We are very excited to have both of you here. And today we're going to be having a conversation surrounding digital and analog methods of note-taking as well as learning. Uh, Earlier this past week, we had the students in here, and they all were talking about how they prefer to take their notes and how much technology they like to have in the classroom. And there was a lot of, um, I guess, just different opinions. Uh, Depending on the discipline, some students felt that having the option to take notes online, even if, like, memorization-wise, it's not as good, it was a lot quicker to do, it was easier to capture everything, they could insert uh, graphics that the professor was talking about, and they could kind of reorganize their notes on their own terms. Uh, We also had some students who preferred taking analog or handwritten notes, as they felt that that, like, helped them to uh, remember the information better, they were less distracted, they, they admitted that, you know, whenever they have a screen up, it's easy to get distracted from notifications, text messages, to surf the web, etc. Um, and so at the end of the day, we kind of came to this place of, you know, how much technology should be allowed in the classroom? How can professors uh, incorporate some digital tools as well as analog tools? Um, and so I guess that would be my first kind of you know, question to throw out to you guys is just a topic of discussion. Um, you know, what kind of tools do you guys know about uh, as, and as far as digital learning tools go? And how effective do you think they are in the classroom? Or do you think it's just kind of a lost cause? Like students are going to get distracted either way. Um, so one of my takeaways uh, as I was listening to the students' um, conversation about this is there are always going to be um, more tools, more possible solutions um, than actual problem or instructional need. Like there are, there's gonna be three tools for every possible job that you could think of. Um, and likely if you poll a group of students, there's not gonna be a ton of consensus over the tool or the approach that works for all of them. Um, they're gonna have individual preferences um, and needs and um, just styles of approaching, and I don't want to say learning styles because that's you know completely debunked. Um, but just styles of um, approaching their academic work um, and and their learning needs. So I think that 
it's important, um, your point that you brought up, Grace, in that conversation was it's important that professors kind of approach this problem as um, what what tools can I provide students access to? What doors can I open for their learning? But then it's up to them to decide what works for them. Um, and it, it might even vary class to class, learning situation to learning situation. Um, I'm going to stop there because I, I want to see what Weejay thinks about this. And yeah. I'm uh, rambling. No, you're <laughs> good points. I second what Diana just shared. You know, there are so many technology tools on the market and depends on the, the class, depends on students' preferences, and there is not like one size fits all, right? And like Diana shared, it's like it's better for instructors to provide those options and the students to choose what works for them and what works for, you know, what is the best tool for them to support their own learning process. So yeah, so in a nutshell, there's no one size fit all, like classes, you know, different tools, very different classes, and depend on the nature of the, the, the discipline or the subject, it could be really different from class to class. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's just kind of this, you know, the more tools that we have available, and as we know, there are so many digital learning tools. Right. I mean, you know, even some of the student partners now, if you go on the Steely YouTube channel, you can find tutorials on um, things such as Notability, on LiveScribe pens, um, just just so many tools. Uh, Todoist is another one that students can use to stay organized, to take their notes. Um, and so I guess, uh, and the next question I have is, you know, working with digital tools, working with digital learning and education, um, what are some tools that you guys know of that maybe students haven't heard of or maybe you find are really useful, really helpful, um, and could be a really good tool to have in the classroom that, you know, maybe, like, I know when I was a student, I really struggled to find tools that worked for me. So I tended to go with analog note-taking. Um, however, I, I feel like there's so much out there um, that we just don't necessarily know about. Right. I think, you know, among all the tools on the market, we don't have to be an expert, right, right, with all of them. And one tool that I personally think is pretty helpful in the classroom is a Padlet, which is anonymous sharing boards that the instructors um, could uh, post a question on that board, and that gives the opportunity for students who can share their perspectives anonymously on that board and students themselves they can learn from each other you know by responding to their peers questions by sharing additional information additional resources so I think that tool could be a good way to kind of engage students in the learning process and also uh, to support those peer-to-peer -peer learning um, in a more um, positive encouraging way uh, yeah I love that um... I feel like I'm gonna fail the like, what's the best digital tool <laughs> quiz, just because um, I don't know. There are so many, and um, I don't. I, none come to mind specifically for note taking that I would say like, this is you've got to check this out. I really endorse it. You've never seen anything like it. Um, there are a lot of kind of parallel options um, out there with slight variations. Um, another one, if you like Padlet or if you're interested in Padlet, is Jamboard. That's built into your Google suite of tools. Um, and it's a, a digital whiteboard that you can use to post things, um, give feedback. Uh, you can do a lot with it. Anything you could do with a whiteboard, you can do digitally with Jamboard. Um, we recently did a midweek motivation episode on Perusal, which is a collaborative um, social annotation 
tool uh, for readings. So when students are um, all reading a similar assignment, they can interact with that um, socially. And that kind of ties into what the students discussed about collaborative note taking. Um, I really love the idea of using something as similar or as, as simple as um, like a Google Doc, a shared Google Doc, um, to set up some structured collaborative note taking. Um, and maybe even taking it a step further to put your students in groups um, or assign roles to those groups and say, okay, I'd like student A to be the primary note taker in this document. I want student B to come back and put in questions. I want student C to come back and highlight like what are the main ideas. And I want student D to write a summary of the whole class, like what were the big takeaway synthesis type things. They're going to share that and talk about it and use it as sort of a living study tool. Um, but I, I love the idea of doing that in a way that is structured and, and intentional for students. Um, that's more of an approach than a specific tool. But I have one more tool left, but I'm going to, what other questions do you have? Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to um, say that I, sorry. What about, what about from, a, from a faculty, I think we're focusing more on the faculty perspective because mm -hmm. we've heard the student perspective and we've mm -hmm. got some insight from you, you all. So let's focus on the, the faculty perspective. What can they learn? Uh, what can they uh, use to help the students? Just like you've been mm. kind of geared, geared to. Um, it's just how can, a, I guess the purpose of the interview is how can faculty really utilize digital tools and where would they use analog tools? Gotcha, yeah, I was actually, I was gonna segue into that, so that, that's perfect. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, See. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great idea, Diana, and I really like the idea of having assigned roles for students and having a very structured means of taking notes. Um, because I feel like, you know, we have all these tools, and a lot of times it can be overwhelming, I think, for students to, you know, know when to use what, or even some of the students expressed that they felt like they missed things. You know, they're writing down notes and they didn't hear that phrase. And so I think having a collaborative approach to note taking in which people have specific roles is really useful because, you know, maybe you missed something, but, you know, if your task is, okay, I'm coming up with questions, then someone else, you know, theoretically has covered, okay, I've got the terms written down. And I think that that's really helpful. Um, and so I guess kind of moving the conversation then to um, the faculty side of things, you know, students have access to all these tools, um, you know, they've got their laptops, they've got smartphones, um, they also have their notebooks if they want to take handwritten notes. Um, what are some ways in which faculty can structure class time and incorporate digital tools as well as different analog tools um, to make the class on the whole more productive, to make it seem that, you know, students are able to get more out of each lesson, um, and maybe even changing it up so it doesn't feel like, okay, this is like every other class, I just go in and I listen to a lecture. You know, I think also having like the Jamboard, that's a really great idea of ways to have collaborative, uh, collaborative learning happen. I don't know if you guys have any other ideas from a faculty perspective for things that you could try in the classroom that could, you know, switch it up, but also create um, collaborative and living, like tangible things that students can kind of come back to, or even just mm -hmm. ways to get them engaged while they're sitting in the classroom. Go ahead, Diane. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is the one other tool that I was thinking of that I, I generally am not going to recommend a specific tool because I always want professors to be thinking, what is the instructional need? Because mm -hmm. m 
almost always there is a low-tech solution um, and then like we said a whole menu of digital tools that you could choose from um, and I, I really want to encourage anybody who's approaching a teaching task to think about it from instructional need um, and what are the what are the variety of ways that I could support student learning in this and give them some some options but one specific tool that I do really love um, that I haven't really thought of as a note-taking tool in the past, but just thinking about some of the ways the students talked about finding different ways to represent and capture their learning, um, is I wanna make a plug for Canva if uh, people aren't already using it. Um, Canva is a very user-friendly and accessible graphic design tool. Um, users can, you know, edit pictures with it, they can make collages with it, they can make a flow chart or um, some kind of um, you know, symbolic or graphical representation of their learning. But one way that I've used it in instructing is to sort of synthesize um, a, a lot of information. So for example, one way that I've used Canva is attending a multi-day conference. And I have notes from all these various sessions that are sort of loosely related but don't have necessarily um, like a tight uh, connection the way that a course would. Um, they're arranged or connected around a theme. Coming back after that conference and pulling together the big ideas, the key takeaways, the ways that I'm gonna apply this to my own professional work into a graphic like one page flyer has been a really powerful learning strategy for me. And then I can always later on when I reference that make the connection to oh that's right they did use this triangle to show the way that these ideas were connected let me look up my notes from that specific conference session to read a little bit more about that um, so that's something that you know if you have um, student if you have a course that lends itself to these more symbolic or visual um, ways of connecting information or if you as a learner are a person who prefers to organize information in your brain in that way, Canva is a really powerful and free and easy to use digital tool that you might consider. Wow, Diana, thank you for teaching me about those powerful. Oh, I will show you. We, I, we will do some Canva later. Wow, that's fancy. I think another way we could think about this, you know, instead of for the faculty or instructor to think about or to determine what would be the tool that they're going to use, we can also invite students, you know, come together to brainstorm, say, hey, what are some tools that you guys are thinking is really helpful for your learning? And then, you know, with many students, with many choices, we can come together to try and test it out. And then we can move forward say, hey, you know, in this class, we're going to try, say, Canva, right, for notes taking. If it's working good, then we can stick with it and to make an adjustment and then moving forward from that. Yeah. So, yeah, in a nutshell, I don't have a specific suggestion for another tool, but that's my thought. Like, that's another approach to look at it. So today we had a wonderful conversation with Diana and Weejay around digital and analog tools. We talked about with digital tools how there is no one size fits all. Within the classroom there are tons of different options, whether it's Jamboard, whether it's Canva, or you know, Scribus, or LiveScribe Pen. There's so many tools out there and truly it can be a matter of finding what works for your class, what works for your students, and that might take some trial and error. 
We also talked about analog methods and how, at the end of the day, sometimes going back to the basics is what's most important. Sometimes we overlook that students are new, don't understand our content, or maybe are just new to the college in general and have never even learned how to take proper notes. So sometimes starting with those basics, having time for reflection in class, and then taking the time just to really break down what it is we're doing and effective modes of learning can be really beneficial to students who are new to the scene. Uh, so thank you both so much. Um, let me know if I missed anything. Was that kind of a summary of what we did? No, it's good. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Thank That's you. Like That's my superpower. Yeah. <laughs> I am the summary expert. <laughs> <She> um, <really is. laughs>